Welcome to the broadcast at Mount Gilead Baptist Church. We invite you to join us here on this station each Sunday morning at 8 a.m. We also invite you to join us in person at 11 a.m. The church is located at 5332 Highway 52 East, Dahlonega, Georgia. Now join Pastor Les Fuller as he brings God's Word. St. Matthew's Gospel, chapter number 4. St. Matthew, chapter number 4. It's good to be here today. Thank you all for being in the house of the Lord. I just want to say for a brief moment a word about prayer, how thankful I am that we have the privilege to pray. Prayer is something that we are called to do as Christians. The church was birthed in a prayer meeting. And then maybe the Lord will let it go out in a prayer meeting. There's one thing that I think that we don't do enough of as a church is pray together. Amen. Prayer is such an important work. Matthew chapter number 4 records one of the greatest things that I see in the life of Jesus Christ, and that is his beginning of his ministry. I want to read a few verses about, uh, about what Jesus is doing uh, and what he's teaching and showing us today as Bible believers. Matthew chapter number 4, verse number 19. Will you read with me? And the Bible says, And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. Sometimes when I preach, I take portions of a verse and take those words in that portion and try to, 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 try to understand and let it develop in my mind what Christ, God, or what the Lord is saying to us. And today I intend to do that with the middle of those words that are written in red that say, I will make you. Following words, it says fishers of men. But I want to try to preach to you this morning about I will make you. What the Lord does in our lives and through our lives when we do two practical, easy things for every human being on the planet to follow. When we practice this, the Lord promises as he says, I will make you. I'm glad that the Lord has never stopped working in my life. I didn't just get saved and the Lord put me on the sideline and say, I'll deal with you later. The Lord has never done that and he's never going to start doing that. But the Lord always works in and through his people. Some more than others he works in. And some he can't work in because of maybe a sin of selfishness or a sin of not being able to just let go and let God. And I've often thought this sometimes when I pray for people to get better or for the Lord to heal them. And I like to say that we don't always know what God's will is, but we know that God is for us no matter what we face in life. Amen. You ever looked at somebody's life and you thought, what good would it be for me to pray over that individual to get better when they're going to take their life back away from God, what's God going to get out of it? When they're not going to serve and witness and live for the Lord. And they're not doing one of the things that I want to give you. They're not following the Lord Jesus Christ. 
In this chapter, we're reading uh, the beginning of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ's earthly ministry. And it's always been said, and I've heard preachers say this my whole life, it's not how you begin, but it's how you, how you end that matters. And I disagree with that. It does matter how you begin. You can't be a, what, what people would call a self-made man or a self-made woman in life. In fact, we're going to see later in these scriptures this morning that the 12 disciples or apostles that the Lord called, none of them were self-made. These men were people of humble countenance, humble character, and of a humble living and background. And it was those men that God chose. It matters how you begin. You may not be able to nail down the hour or the day you got saved. Some of you may not remember the month, but you better be able to go back to a time in your life where that the Lord called you out of sin and into his marvelous light, praise the Lord. You better be able to remember that. If you don't, then we should question where that you stand with God. Uh, whether you're saved or not. But Jesus was going about, and like I said at the onset of the message that Jesus, uh, Jesus wants us to pray. And he's called us to prayer. And before the Lord goes out and asks the question to follow me, he had entered into, according to the book of St. Luke's gospel, you'll find that Jesus had been in prayer all night prior to going out to this expansion of his ministry, so to speak. You know, there's a time in every minister's life if the Lord really blesses, and there's a time in every Christian's life when the Lord really blesses in that person's life whether he or she needs uh, other people to come alongside and to help in the ministry. Never a man spake like Jesus. He was able to captivate the minds of the masses of people. He was going about healing and teaching. He was going about uh, bringing the dead back to life and giving the sight back to the blind and all these miraculous things that the Savior was doing. But when the Lord made time to go out and to call his 12 disciples, his apostles, he was very careful to enter into prayer first and foremost. I want you to ask yourself this question. Is the Lord still making me right now into what he wants me to be? Is the Lord making me, and by the way, the Lord is in the business of turning people's hearts and lives into what that he wants them to be in their life. I said a while ago that the Lord can't help somebody, so to speak, that is self-made. I want you to notice who he's calling here in this, verse of, uh, uh, in this chapter in verse number 18. Jesus was by the Sea of Galilee, and two brethren called Simon Peter and his brother Andrew were there casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. These men were not self-made religious men. These men were just what we would call common, typical, everyday men. I, I don't know about you, but it does my heart good to know that the Lord didn't go and get somebody who was high and mighty from the, uh, from the re religious Pharisees of that day and try to fix them, no. 
He doesn't even go to the synagogue and get the man who's reading from the old Bible, the Old Testament. He doesn't go get them. No, he gets somebody who's out laboring with their own hands. You want something done, you get somebody who's busy and who's got a vision for what they want out of life, who's not ashamed of the hard work. And in my mind, I see these calloused, hardened men as they've <clears throat> grown used to working and laboring and doing this routine work every single day. That's the kind of person that Jesus wanted. I look across our congregation here this morning, and many of you, uh, as I've described Peter and uh, his brother Andrew, many of you come out of that same mold and that same cloth. And I want to say thank God for people in our church who are brought up to work and labor and know what it takes to make ends meet and are not ashamed to get out and labor for you could be the next one that God calls to do great things for him in a work of, in, in a work of, of missions or something of that nature. I'm reminded of a message that I heard in the last few weeks. A preacher was preaching on not the same message that I am, but some of the thoughts that I've uh, got that the Holy Spirit spoke to me. I thought that this would be good if it happened to some of you. said he had a saint in his church who was just going about her own business, not doing anything special. She was not, uh, she was faithful to church. She was faithful to Wednesday night and uh, Sunday school and all of those things. And out of nowhere, the Holy Spirit comes to her and touches her and drives her to her knees in a, miss, a mission and a ministry of prayer. And there she started her whole life what she had left of it, spending that in a ministry of prayer and everybody would call on this saint to pray. And I wonder in this congregation out of these young children or maybe some of these young mothers or dads that's sitting here this morning who have got the gift inside of them and perhaps don't even know it yet. The gift to be able to pray, to, to think about this when they get on bended knee uh, like Brother Charles used to do. He'd get down on bended knee and when he prayed, heaven listened. Yes. Church, I want to say this morning that I believe that God and when he's in the business of making people that God could put a ministry of prayer in your life or my life to win souls for Jesus Christ. But they cannot be nor will they ever be Self-made people. Self-made people scare me. Why? Because they have learned to rely on their own wits. They've learned what it takes to be able to make perhaps large amounts of money. And it's not wrong to be rich. But it's wrong when you put those riches before God. Amen. Then it becomes sin in your life. And, and by the way, if you are rich here this morning, you ought to do several things. First one is you ought to thank God that he's given you that. Then you ought to consider those around you that don't have as much as they labor and they minister for God. And that brings me to my second point that I see in these scriptures. God calls people to follow first and foremost but then it's another thing to get up and actually go. It's another thing to put action in your steps and to get up and go for the Lord. And I look in some of your eyes this morning and I see a longing of more in Christianity that you're not experiencing. You know that there's something to church and you're here. 
You know that there's something in the, in the choir and you're here for that. But in your own personal life, you're not experiencing the, 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 the simple move and the awesome move of God in your heart, in your life, because you're not practicing what Jesus tells us to do in the Word of God. First of all, we've got to hear what Jesus says. Then we've got to get up and follow and go. Get up and follow and go. What Russell did this morning was a move of his faith to say, I'm ready to follow Christ, to be baptized. I'm ready to do that. Now it's time for the Holy Spirit to do his part, to work in his life and your life to bring you to that place where that he can make you into what he wants you to be. There are no self-made men in the 12 apostles or disciples that the Lord chose. The Lord chose these men to come alongside of him because the Lord knew that after this three-year period that he would be gone. And I wonder, what did he see in Peter, James, and John? And I want to, can I give you the 12 apostles' names? And I love to study about great men's lives. Simon Peter was, was what we would call the most outspoken, and then Andrew, his brother, then James, John, and Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas, Matthew. Here's another James, and I thought as these men were walking around with Jesus, how they differentiated when Jesus would speak to one James, and the other James uh, would be confused. But there's James, the son of Alphaeus, Lebius, or another word for his name is Thaddeus. And then there's Simon, not Simon Peter, but just Simon. And then the twelfth, the one that you probably know the most about, the son of perdition, that we call Judas Iscariot, who was the traitor. And the Lord had surrounded himself with these twelve men. They heard the call. And somehow or the other, Peter, James, John, and all the rest were willing to leave everything. I read in another place in the scriptures where the, the disciples left their nets and they followed Christ. And let's go a step further. They didn't just leave their nets. The two sons of Zebedee left their father and left the family business. And there they go out to follow this man, Jesus Christ. And don't you just wonder what, what made these men to be convinced? I think every one of them had a bend or a bent in religious things. They knew things of God. They knew, uh, they knew maybe a, the work of prayer. Maybe they'd heard about the Savior. Maybe they'd heard him speak somewhere. I don't know. But on that day when Jesus came to them, they were so moved that they got up. They just said, Lord, okay, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to go with you. Listen, when you follow Christ, sometimes he may call you away from a wealthy business. He may call you away uh, from family members. And I've got family today that I scarcely see. And I'm ashamed to say this, but there's just not enough of me to go around. Uh, I've got family members that I hardly ever see because I am so busy going here and there uh, and just cannot possibly keep up with the workload that has been placed in my life before me. And I'm not complaining. I love the work of God. I need, to, I need the help of God in this work. Uh, but I love the ministry and I love to help God's people. And I can just see Jesus late at night. All these men around him and they're sitting around the fire. And by the way, sometimes the Lord may call you to leave the pleasures of life 
to follow him and become nomadic at times. These men didn't even have beds to sleep in. If you read what Jesus said, and I love this verse of Scripture about the humanity of our Savior. He said the foxes have holes, the birds have nests, but the Son of Man doesn't have anywhere, half nowhere to lay his head down. And there our Savior was laboring with the masses of humanity with these 12 men gathered around him. And there they'd rest and sleep under the stars at night. I was with a preacher just a few weeks ago talking about, and I've invited him to come to speak to you all sometime soon if we can get it to work out. I was so moved in what he was saying about the work of the Lord and short-term missions. Sometimes missionaries go off for long exterior periods of time. You may not see or hear from them for a long time because of the work that they're called to. And then some missionaries go out and they work for a short period of time and they come back home and they may not go back to that mission field. That's what we call short-term missions and it's just as much God's will as long-term missions. But I was so moved to hear this man talk. And he said, he said, preacher, I left everything. I left my church. I left my pastorate. I left everything that God was doing for me to go out and preach to people that I didn't know. I'm trying to help you this morning in finding the will of God on your life that you can see God working in your life and let him make you. He told me, he said, I left and I went and built. I built me a house or a trailer really that was run down. He built it. I went and I did these these, these things to, to provide my own food. I had to figure out how I was going to pay and make my living, and I had to figure out what I was going to do. So I left my comfortable home in the mountains, and I went to serve God in the wilderness, and at times I didn't know how we were going to make it through the storms and everything. And, and he said, I worked with my hands, and, and this preacher, I thought, as he was saying, he's just described me. He's just described me. Who does God call? And some of you men that are men of trade, that have worked, I mean, God could call you out to do anything. You know how to survive. You know how to work with your own hands. Some of you that are building, that you've built your own home, just think about uh, what, a priceless, uh, what a priceless individual you are in the work in the kingdom of God because God could call you to go out and do those things that nobody else can do. Not everybody's cut out of the same cloth. And Jesus handpicked these 12 men to follow him. Boy, wouldn't it have been something to be gathered around the fire at the end of a day? And they're the Savior in the midst of you and to hear him talk. And by the way, these, this was a three-year period of schooling. When you get saved, listen to me, young people. Listen to me. When you get saved, immediately you enter into the training of the Lord. These young people are not in a position today to get up and do like these deacons just did with Miss Susie. They don't fully grasp and understand. But see, God has been working in our deacons for many, many years. And these men are called out from amongst the church with men of wisdom, discernment, and they've purchased to themselves men of great degree to be able to go out and labor in our community with whatever comes before this church. And that is the ministry of God. God is working in them and through them to help us to be the church that we've been called to be. 
Church, I want to say this morning, it would have been amazing to sit down at the feet of Jesus at a, at a fire and be tired and weary from your labor. Have you ever been so tired that you, when you lay down on your head of a pillow of a night, you've been laboring for God, you've been praying, you've been worshiping, doing everything right, and you're just, uh, you're just give out and you just lay there, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit comes by and he just simply says, thank you. Says, thank you for serving We've gotten to the place where we're too busy as preachers today. And I've never seen a day, Brother Tim, when there's more preachers than what they are right now. Young preachers running every direction but not getting anything accomplished. What I'm saying is this morning, are you too busy to run an errand for the Lord in your life? Are you too busy for the Lord to not be able to make you into the person that He's called you to be? To go out and pick up a phone or just reach out to somebody and become that witness that God is trying to make you be in your life? Well, take heart. At times, the disciples of the Lord were not always true in believing. In fact, the Jesus, uh, the Jesus that we read about in the Bible would oftentimes say, Oh, faithless generation. And he would be talking to his disciples. He'd say, oh, Why are you slow of heart? Why can't you see and understand what I'm trying to do for you, in you, and through you all? And in fact, when the Messiah was even crucified on the cross, every one of them left Jesus Christ. And I wonder, can the Lord trust you in your life to proclaim the gospel when I'm gone, when the deacons are gone? Everybody is out of the way. Can the Lord trust you to labor and to work for Him? I mean, these are serious questions that we must ask ourselves. You say, preacher, how can I do any more? I'm so busy in life. And I look in your eyes and I know that and I'm sympathetic toward that. But we are called above all things and above everything else to be the witness that God has called us to be. Now let me, let me pose this question to you. How could Jesus trust Peter, James, John, Thaddeus, Bartholomew, and, the, and the, all these men with the awesome work that was going to be lying ahead of them when the Messiah was gone. Jesus even took time to take them by the side and he said, boys, I'm getting ready to leave. Now this is mountain talk. He said, boys, I'm getting ready to leave. But he said, I'm going to send somebody else to you that's going to teach you in all things. And when he comes, he's going to give you wisdom and understanding. And where I left off, he's going to pick up. And friend, I'm going to say something this morning. Can I praise God for the gift of the Holy Spirit? When was the last time that the Holy Spirit uh, sat down in your living room, in your life, and spoke to you and says, I'm so proud of what you're doing but this is what I want you to work on in your life. God's a complete gentleman all the way around. He may show you your error, but when He's done showing you your error, He's going to show you how to fix that error in your life. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. The things that I've learned, most of it has not come from the preaching of preachers. Although I need that in my life. Most of the things that I've learned as a Christian that started for me when I really got serious about God and serious about God's Word started for me when I was about 10 and 11 years old. I would take my Bible and read for myself. 
Don't you love the word of God today? And Jesus says, come and follow me. You cannot. Now notice in this chapter, go home and read it for yourself. As Jesus was handpicking these men, the first thing that he does is he begins to preach before them. This crowd that says that I don't like Bible preaching, I doubt whether they've been saved or not. This crowd that says that I don't want to come to a church where the preacher may get just a little bit loud. Now listen, if you go to a church where it's just like Sunday school, uh, when the preacher gets up, uh, listen, there ought to be some emphasis behind the man of God's word. First of all, he better believe what he's preaching and that he better know what he's preaching about. First of all, he's experienced it himself and he's got a word from heaven and a word from God to tell the people that you must be born again. Otherwise, we hadn't been to church. Jesus, his words were, his word had emphasis behind him. And when he preached, these boys began to watch and listen. And don't you know when Jesus left, after the day of Pentecost had come, when they went into a city to preach, their words were filled with the same words that Jesus had because they had seen Jesus. How many of you have seen Jesus this week in your life? This is not impossible for you to do and experience. And in fact, this is so important that if you miss what I'm saying, our church cannot go any further. Think about it. If we miss the will of God for our lives, we cannot experience God in His power and His greatness in our life. Jesus taught them how to pray. Jesus gave them the words to say when they pray. Sometimes, do you ever find it hard to pray? You don't know what to say to God. You're tired. And sometimes when I get tired, Brother Tim, I, I just put my Bible in front of me and I say, God, I'm too tired to pray. And if you want me to pray, you're going to have to help me to pray. Amen. And without fail, when my mind gets in tune with the will of God in my heart, without fail, God gives me strength and I can pray. And then there's times that I don't know what to say when I pray. And sometimes, and there's nothing wrong with this. And I want to encourage you young people to do this. Listen, when you don't know what to pray, you open the Bible up and you pray the words of Jesus Christ. Uh, you go to the book of Psalms or Ecclesiastes or Proverbs and read what these people of old went through and you pray their words. And and you remember what David said. He said, Lord, my soul is afflicted before you. If you feel afflicted, tell God. If you feel like you're out of sorts with God, you tell him. If you feel like that you don't know how to pray, you tell God that I can't pray. And you watch and see that the Holy Spirit does not come to you. And he will help you to pray. Listen, Jesus called men who were out to pray. They were willing to go outside and do whatever it took. Everywhere they went, they were, they were preaching a sermon to everybody. Uh, wherever they went, and they were reaching the masses for God. Now to consider with me what Jesus is doing in the beginning of his ministry. He's calling 12 men who were wise, uh, that were not wise by the world's conceits, but wise in the things of God. And now that, that he's getting ready to leave, he looks back on these men. And these men would take the reins where Jesus left off and they would shake the world for God. Twelve of them. Twelve of them. It's often been said that God don't have any favorites. Although I look at some of you and I think he's favored you more than he has others. 
God may not have favorites, but he does have those that he favors to, to rely on more than others. I mean, you just look at uh, the, the disciple who leaned on the, the breath of the, uh, the, uh, the, the bosom of the Savior, rather, which was John. And God permitted him on the Lord's day to write the most awesome book in our Bible, the book of Revelation. And the reason why I believe that John got to do that is because you see him time and time again in the Word of God leaning on the Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you are leaning on the Lord today in your life where that you've come to the place where that you know that you need him more than anything in your life? Oh, friend, I sense it now more than ever as a preacher. I need God. You need God. And there's never a moment in my time where I don't pray for you and say, God, our church needs you now more than ever. I look at our people who have buried loved ones. Let me get down here with you. Who have buried loved ones just this year and the past year and the suffering that you're going through and the worry and the care of, of all that that you faced in life and you're not going to make it unless God comes through for you in your life. Some of you this morning are getting ready to head headlong into a storm in your life and you don't even know it yet. Say, preacher, are you preaching prophetically? No, because I don't know what the future holds. Uh, listen, in your life, but I can say this, uh, that there's undoubtedly storms coming for every single one of us in our life. And wouldn't it be good for those of us that know enough about God to be like John and to lean on the, on the, bo on the bosom of the Savior and say, Lord, I love you so much and I need you so much and to be so close to the Savior that, you're, that your ear is up to the, uh, to the heartbeat of the Savior and the the Lord says, now I can use you and I can trust you to do your work for me. John would take that time while in exile and write that awesome book, book of Revelation. Can you ask yourself that question? Does the Lord trust me enough to be able to work for him and labor for him? You have listened to Pastor Les Fuller at Mount Gilead Baptist Church. Please join us at 11 a.m. at 5332 Highway 52 East, Dahlonega, or view our live stream on Facebook. May God bless you for listening. 97.5 Glory FM, your family radio station in North